If you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, if Jordan would get the PowerPoint up, we were looking at a topic. There will be various scriptures that we refer to. Many of them will have up on the screen. Uh, but this, so this morning is a topic that's been on my heart for quite a while that I've wanted to preach on. And uh, it, it, however, as I prepared the for this week, as I was thinking about it, meditating on it, considering it, I, I began to waver a little bit whether this is the message that God had for this Sunday. And you may be thinking, well, why is that? Why is that? Well, number one is the sensitive nature of it, okay? This is a hot-button topic that is going on in our nation right now, okay? It's a very sensitive topic. So uh, as I begin to think about the sort of the magnitude of this sort of a powder keg of, that we're dealing with in our nation, I began to waver a little bit. And the controversy of it, I began to think about. And I began to think, what do I really know about racism? What do I really know? Okay, being a, a white man, what do I really know about racism? How could I speak on it and should I? That was some of the thoughts, just being open, that I went through this week. The more I meditated on it, the more I thought about it, these two words just kept, these three words just kept coming to my mind. Just preach the word. I guess four words. Just preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. I just kept thinking it. Preach the word. Preach the word. And, you know, for a pastor, that is the pastor's duty. Preach the word. Preach the word. It does not say preach the word when it's popular. It does not say preach the word only to those that are ready to hear it. It doesn't say preach the word to those that are ready to receive it. It does not say preach the word to those that want you to. It says preach the word. 2 Timothy 4.2 is where the verse that was coming to mind. It says, Paul speaking to Timothy says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. It says, preach the word, the whole word. It says, be prepared, to, be prepared to preach the word in season and out of season. It does not say preach the word according to when it seems suitable or when it seems uh, according to the dictates of tradition or culture. It just says, preach the word. They begin to calm my heart. Just preach the word. God's word has the answers. It does say to do it with long suffering. Okay. It does say to reprove means to correct. It does say rebuke, which means to admonish. It does say to exhort, which means to teach. It says to do it with long suffering or patience and do it with doctrine, the word of God. Author and pastor Tony Evans said this. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard of Tony Evans says, racism isn't a bad habit. It isn't a mistake. It is sin. The answer is not sociology. It's theology. The world is looking for an answer to this problem. We see the world searching for an answer. And they want an answer. And the answer is found in the Word of God. I may not know what it's like to suffer from racism or many other sins for that matter. But I know this, the Bible has the answers. 
So we must not refuse to deal with the issue that makes us uncomfortable, but rather preach the word without man's opinion. So it's, this is not my opinion, this is what God has to say about it. If it was my opinion, I'd say throw it out. It means nothing. Okay? This is what God has to say about it. Now we'll see if we get through all this, uh, this, this morning, maybe two services it takes to, get, to deal with it, but we are going to see what God has to say about it. But let's first start off by looking at, uh, you gotta have a definition. What is racism? Well, Webster's def, uh, definition for racism, Webster's dictionary says this, a belief that race is a fundamental determinant of human traits and capacities, and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. It also is a behavior or attitudes, okay, or an attitude that reflect and foster that belief. It's a belief system. It's a belief system that fosters discrimination and prejudice. However, the Bible does not use the word racism. I don't believe you'll find it in the Word of God. I don't believe you'll find that word in the Bible. It does use terms such as partiality. It does use terms such as respecter of persons, judges of evil thoughts, hate and pride. Those words you will find in the Bible. But know this, so racism is not a modern problem. It's not a problem just for today. Racism has been a problem from the word go in this world. Racism has, racism has existed from creation. So today we're going to look at the origin. First of all, the origin of the races. Where did we all come from? Where did we all come from? That's the first place you have to start in dealing with this problem is where did we all come from? Secondly, the solution to racist attitudes. And lastly, if we get it to it, how Christians should respond to racism. But first of all, we're going to look at the origin of races, the origin of races. You know, there is two vastly different worldviews about the origins of races. And you think, what does this matter? It does matter. It has huge importance to dealing with this matter. Before I go any further, let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I, as I consider this matter, Lord, I, I thank you that your word has answers, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that uh, as we look at your word, Lord, as we open your word, that you would allow it to work in our hearts, Lord. And Lord, as we uh, think about the magnitude, uh, the sensitivity of this problem, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, uh, that you would guide your people, guide my lips this morning. And I thank you for it. And I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. So there are two vastly different worldviews when it comes to the origin of races. And they are hugely different, and it's a huge uh, impact on how we deal with the issue. The first one is an evolutionary worldview. In this worldview, man was uh, has been 
uh, evolved from molecules to man, and, and uh, there, there's this evolutionary process, this is this natural process that has come, and that man has evolved out of, uh, from molecules into man in different forms along the way. It was popularized by uh, Charles Darwin's book called On the Origin of Species. On the Origin of Species. Popular that popularized this view. And the, but the whole title to this book is this. The whole title is this. On the origin of species by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. You can see in the title a racist type thinking behind it. In this worldview, over periods of millions of years, of death and suffering, mankind, mankind has evolved. Mankind has evolved and continues to evolve. According to this view, we are a product of our environment whereby the more superior genes give rise to superior, more evolved races. Note this, ironically though, that's not the definition that is used today. The definition that evolutionists use, ironically, is evolving and changing as they saw that this view was racist. And they changed the definition of meaning. The bottom line is this. Evolution is not true. And I have no shame in saying that. Evolution is not true. It is the enemy, however, of the truth. It is an enemy of the truth. It is an enemy of the solution. Here's why. It's an attempt to undermine the authority of God's Word. Starting with the first three chapters of Genesis, it's an attempt to undermine the authority of God's Word. But also know this, it is not the origin of racism. It is not. This is not the origin of racism. Racism is born out of the wickedness of man's heart. Let me say that again. Racism is born out of the wickedness of man's heart. It is a sin. It is a sin. And sin has its origin in the heart. Now, the other worldview is the correct worldview, and it's the biblical worldview, and that's where we're going to spend some time seeing what is the biblical worldview? What is the origin of races? What, where did we all come from? Where did, how did we all come to be? Now, the biblical worldview has never changed. It's unwavering. It's confirmed by real science and has the answer to racism. So we got to start with the Word of God and its authority. It is true and unchanging. It does not need to be redefined. It needs to be rediscovered. Schools used to teach a biblical worldview. It has slowly but surely got replaced by naturalism and humanism. That nature has caused uh, evolution. Humanism can solve man's problems, sociology and so forth. But the Bible gives us answers all the way from the origins of man to the cause of man's problems and the solution to mankind's problems. As Christians, we got to understand that part of the answer in dealing with this issue, dealing with the problem of racism, is that the authority of God's Word has been eroding, particularly in this nation and throughout the world. Now, there's two slides here to help us to see this. Okay, we see in this slide that uh, 
Evolution, and this, 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 uh, this is from Answers in Genesis, this slide, by the way, uh, that the, the, the authority of God's Word has been under attack. Okay, but we as Christians, oftentimes, we're shooting and attacking the issues. The issues. And you see the various issues, racism, abortion, school violence, all the different issues that are come up. And we're attacking all the issues many times as opposed to dealing with the foundation, which is the authority of God's Word. Starting from the beginning, we need to start with the authority of God's Word. Once you stop believing that this is God's Word, the foundation begins to erode. And Psalms 11.3 says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The foundations have been eroding in our nation for decades. It's no longer being taught in schools. It's being replaced by other, and not just evolution, but other man-centered uh, thought, mankind's reasoning is eroding at a biblical foundation that this nation was built upon. So the solution is dealing with the foundation starts with the authority of God's Word. Okay, doesn't mean we don't deal with the issues. We've got to deal with the issue that God's Word is our authority. We must understand that there is two parts to the problem. There's two parts to the problem. And the first part of the problem is the foundation built upon the authority of God's Word. It's under attack and it's eroding. So we need to, as Isaiah 5, 58, 12 talks about repairing the foundation, standing in the breach. We need to repair the foundation, particularly in our young people's lives that are not getting the foundation of God's Word. And they be taught that this is not a book of stories, it's a book of truth. Noah's Ark is not a myth. Uh, Noah is not a myth. Uh, uh, Jonah is not a myth. Genesis is not a myth. It's not a made-up story. This is true. It's the Word of God, and, it's, and, and it's, it's, it has not changed, and it applies today. It's not outdated. It is the Word of God, and it is our authority. It starts there. But does it stop there? You need to understand this. The origin of species, it's wrong. This view of mankind is wrong. This view says man is just getting better and better and better. We're getting smarter, we're evolving, we're getting wiser. And that's not true. It's actually the other way. We're getting worse. We're getting worse. We're not getting better. We're getting puffed up with knowledge, but we're not getting better. Right. Genesis. Start from the beginning. Let's look at what the Bible says about the origin of races. This is foundational. This is foundational. We've got to get this before we ever deal with the, 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 the issue. We've got to be on the same page with this. This is it. The creation of mankind began with the formation of the first man and woman. Man and woman were created by God. Weren't evolved from molecules over millions of years, but created just by God Himself. Genesis 1, 26-27, God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He him 
Male and female created he him. It starts with creation. But notice this. Man is different from all the other animals. Man is different. Man was created in the image of God. What does that mean? Man was formed out of the dust. It means we have a body. We were breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. We are a spiritual being. We're giving a living soul. We have a soul. It's our mind, will, and emotions. Get this. Men, mankind, humankind are not animals. We are different. God made us different. He made us in His image. He didn't make dogs in His image. He didn't make cats in His image. He didn't make cows in His image. He didn't make any other creature in His image. He made us in His image. Only mankind can reflect the attributes of God. Some of His attributes we can reflect. Mankind reflects the image of Christ through His attributes. Only us are made with a triune, uh, we're a triune being. We're made different from the animals. Genesis 2, 20 through 22 says, and God gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help me for him. And, uh, uh, before it, God said everything was good, all of his creation, but he said what was not good was that man would be alone. And so, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Okay? This helps us solve the problem of marriage, by the way. We see the first marriage. Okay? That's not the topic for today. But know this. What happened? Still, we haven't got to. Where did the races come from? Where did the races come from? We haven't got to that yet. So after God created the first man and, and woman, sin came to the world. They sinned. Adam and Eve sinned. And it brought in a curse upon the world. And uh, as, as the population grew on the world, so did corruption. Genesis 6.5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination and thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Look at that. And that every imagination and thoughts of his heart, the heart, that's where sin comes from, was evil continually. So corruption increased so bad that it's just evil everywhere. And we see what happened. God's judgment came on the world. And the rain was upon the earth, 40 days and 40 nights. And the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the earth. So God sends a worldwide flood on judgment of the earth, of, of mankind. And, and he calls Noah to build an ark but only him, his sons and wives, and his wife would get on the ark. So that was the remnant of humankind, was just those. By the way, as I said before, Noah's ark is a picture of Christ. Eventually, that door closed. I believe others could have got on the ark. We talked this morning about scoffers. Okay, 
I'm sure Noah had scoffers and said, you know what? Where's the rain, Noah? Where, where's this storm? Where, you are a fool. What are you doing? Then the rains came. The door shut and it was too late. But Noah, his wife, his sons and their wives were on the ship and they were saved. If you want to be saved today from the wrath that's come in the future, you have to. The only door is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There will be a day it'll be too late to get on the future ark, which is Christ. Today is the day of salvation. If you haven't made that choice, eventually that day will come. So, so eventually though, the floods, they're on the ark and eventually the waters dry. Okay. And then the second month on the seventh and twentieth day of the month was the earth dried. And God spake unto Noah saying, go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Those are the only people on earth at this point. That's it. Just Noah and his family. So Noah and his descendants populate the earth. Noah and his descendants populate the earth. Galatians 9, or Genesis 9.1 God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. See, some Sunday school teachers like to teach this. This is just a fun little picture, a fun little myth, and they put all these little funny animals on an ark. But this is a true story about God's wrath on the, the world and mankind and the salvation and long-suffering that He showed towards His people. Now, He commanded Noah and his family to populate the earth. Okay? But they did not do it willingly. Before I get to that, he says, look at Genesis 10.1. It says, Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and unto them were sons born after the flood. After the flood. But because they didn't do as God commanded, God had to intervene, and He scatters, and He confuses languages. And we begin to see in Genesis chapter 10, the formation of the nations, the formations of the races, the formations of the different various people groups, the formation of languages. We see it starting with the Tower of Babel. And uh, so we see in Genesis chapter 10, the nations were created from Noah's descendants. And uh, Genesis chapter 10, by the way, if you want to, if you're into genealogy, read the Bible. It shows who your great, 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 great grandparents are. Go all the way back. Guess what? We're all related. We're all descendants of Noah. We're all descendants of Adam and Eve. We're all related. Look to your right. Look to your left. Say hello, cousin. This is the truth. We are all related. Genesis 10.32 These are the families of the sons of Noah after their generations in their nations. And by these were the nations divided in the earth and after. You know, I wish I could be paid to be a scientist. They say they spend thousands or hundreds of years and all this time trying to figure out where did we all come from? Where, did all... You know, I just read this verse. Maybe a few others. And I say, okay, give me a million dollars. There's the answer. It's right there. 
This is the answer. This is where the nations came from. You can read in the Bible. You can see where the people of Asia, you can see where the people of Africa, you can see where the European people came from. And, and they're beginning the testing that confirms that the Bible is true. They did not disperse willingly. But look at this nation. This is the table of nations. You can see Ham and his descendants going to the West. You can see uh, Shem and the uh, Semitic people and the Arabic people. And then you can see Japheth going north. So you, you can trace this back through the Word of God. Okay? You can see how the population of the world grew from here. This is how the nations were produced. But again, this did not happen willingly. Genesis 11 says this, Go to let us go down and there confound their languages. They may not understand one another's speech. The Lord scattered them abroad. Did this at the Tower of They scattered them throughout the world. This is how the nations were created. This is how our races created. But I've been using a term, a word that's just not true. I've been using the term races, how the races were created. There's a problem with that. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches this. There's only one race. It's the human race. That's it. There's one race. There's people groups, but one race. Acts 17.24 says this, God that made the world and all things therein seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth. So we see creation dwelt not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing He giveth to all life and breath all things, God is the creator of all, and hath made what? One blood. There's only one blood. All the nations. One blood. All nations of men. There's only one race. That's what the Bible teaches. There's other people groups. There's only one race. It's God that created nations. He made them of the same blood. There's only one race. Man was formed in the image of God. We are all descendants of Adam. We are all descendants of Noah. We are all deformed by the curse of sin. We are all in a fallen nature. We are all in need of a Savior. We are all in need of a transformation. We do not need to be transformed into our parents or grandparents or our neighbors or our friends. We all need to be transformed into the image of Christ, the Savior of all men. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Which leads me to my second point. The authority of God's Word is the starting point. That's where we start it. Okay? That gives us the proper worldview. This is how you you got to have the proper worldview. But then there has to be a heart transformation. The solution to racist attitudes. Okay, so you got the proper worldview. Okay, but now what? First of all, call it sin. Call it sin. The first part of dealing with racism and its attitudes is to understand it's sin. Sin. Racism shows partiality. Racism shows partiality. James 2.9 says, 
But if you have respect to persons or you're partial, you commit sin. If you show respect to persons, you commit sin. Now, this is broad. This doesn't mean across the different various people groups. This is to a rich person, to a poor person, to various, to those close to you, those far from you. If you show uh, uh, partiality, okay, you commit sin and are convicted of the law as transgressors. But know this. Aren't you thankful God does not show partiality? God does not show partiality. Romans 2.10 But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. None of us would go, well, God, look at me. Yeah, I'm an American. Are you proud of me? No. That doesn't impress God one bit. He sees the heart. Racism fails to see the image of God in another person. It fails to see the image of God in another person. Genesis 9.6 Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. God says, how do you treat people like that? They're made in my image. Which doesn't mean the physical image. It means, again, we're different from all other creation. All humankind is. You may say, well... I've never murdered anyone, so I'm fine. So I'm not that bad. I'm not a racist. Remember, Jesus raised the bar, though. Even being angry at a brother is sin and is a murderer at heart. Even so, with that, look at what James says about the tongue. James 3.8, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, Therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of man. So he says, how do we praise God and at the same time with the same tongue, the same mouth, curse men? Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. Our brethren, these things ought not be so. Have you ever, have you ever talked about a, a, a people in such a way that desires or rejoices that bad things happen? Or, or you talk to, in such a way uh, that uh, is uh, rejoices in tragedy? That's sin. It's sin. Racism fails to see the importance. Racism fails to see the importance of that person to God. Again, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that's everybody, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Racism sees oneself as inherently superior. But God calls that pride. And God hates pride. B, repentance. Understand that all sin has its origin in the heart. Matthew 15, 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. The answer is not more laws. Okay, Our nation is trying to solve the problem with more laws and more teaching in the schools. That ain't going to fix it unless it's the Word of God that transforms people's hearts. The answer is repentance. Repentance is a change of direction, a change of heart. we got to quit making excuses. Call it sin. 
It's sin. What God calls sin must be repented of. We will all give an account before God. Our minds and hearts must be shaped by the Word of God. Romans 12.2 And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. we got to change this nation's the problem. The answer is changing how, how we think. We need to think with the mind of Christ. Many of you heard of John Newton. How many have heard of John Newton? Okay. A few of you maybe have not heard of John Newton. He lived from 1725 to 1807. He worked on ships, including slave ships. And he was, he was an outspoken atheist. Okay. He was a blasphemer, a gambler. He was given to alcohol. And sometime after a frightening storm while at sea, he received Jesus Christ as his savior. He had this experience while at sea, frightened him. Sometime after that, he got saved. Get this, his life and his worldview totally changed. His life and his worldview totally changed. He became an abolitionist and fought for the abolition of slavery, having influence on many. He became a minister. While he was a minister, he wrote a hymn that we all love to sing called Amazing Grace. And it's a story about the transformation by God's grace of the heart of a man, of a wicked man, changed into the mind of Christ. That's the answer. That's it right there. That's it. The Gospel changes hearts. It changes attitudes. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit that enlightens the world to the ways of God. And my last point is this. My last point is this. Know that in Christ, in Christ, all are equal. In Christ, all are equal. Galatians chapter 3, verses 28 through 29 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. In other words, uh, there is neither Jew or any other uh, nationality. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. Found in the church. But if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. That's amazing. Two verses right there. You see, the nation of Israel had a problem. The nation of Israel was rose, risen up from Abraham to be God's chosen people. That do they, through, through Israel, they were be, to be a kingdom of priests, bringing light and ministering to the Gentile nations. This was Israel, God's people, who were supposed to be a light to the Gentile nations. All the rest of the world, they were supposed to be a light and a priest ministering to the nations. However, they become proud of their status as God's chosen people. They became self-righteous, despising other nations. Racism is not new. They looked at Gentiles, which includes all of us here unless you're a Jewish convert. They looked at Gentiles with contempt. They saw Gentiles as dirty. They referred to Gentiles as dogs. And God's judged Israel. In part because of their disobedience. Or in, because of their discipline. But not just this issue, but their disobedience in full. So God is now working though through the church. He's working through the church, His body. Within the body of Christ, He says we are all one in Christ. We are all one in Christ. The verses that Tim wrote, read, I'm not going to read them all, verses 12 and 13 of Romans chapter 10. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. 
For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This means we are all equal before the eyes of Christ if you're a Christian. This does not mean we're not different, but we are equal. The answer to racism is found in the Word of God. The world does not have the solution, but we do. We do. Starts with God's Word. Starts with knowing that the problem is in the hearts of people. That's the answer. Okay, It's not going to be found in uh, textbooks in the school. The answer is going to be found preaching the Gospel is what transforms hearts like it did John Newton. This is the answer to racism. You know, I'm thankful for this. That when God looks at a Christian, He doesn't see anything but Christ in you. That's what He sees. He sees the blood of Christ. He sees the blood of Christ. That's the only thing that allows us to go into God's presence is the blood of Christ. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek in the body of Christ. No difference between any races the body of Christ, we're all one. Let's pray. Your gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that your word has answers, Lord. Your word is truth. Lord, your word is powerful. Your word changes hearts. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, you loved each and every one of us that you were willing to die on the cross for each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the humility that you've shown on the cross, Lord. Lord, I pray for this nation, Lord. I pray this nation would turn back to you, Lord. Lord, help us to as we endeavor to rebuild the foundations, Lord. We teach the authority of God's Word, Lord. Lord, that you are the answer to all our problems. Thank you for it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with the eyes closed and heads bowed? How many here would say, I want to be a, a light to a, a dark world and I want to share the gospel with those that I come in contact with? Hands all over. How many believe that the Bible is our sole authority for faith and practice? This has the answers. Do you believe the Bible has the answers? How many here is willing to pray for our nation that they would turn back to God and His Word? If you'd like to come and just deal with God with anything this morning, would you come forward to during the invitation and if you want to become a church member or have a desire to be baptized or any of those things this would be the time to come forward as well if you want to just deal with do business with God would you come forward this morning
Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the for your presence in Christians, Lord. We thank you that you have formed the body of Christ where all one or equal in Christ, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you so much for being our God, for being our Savior, for being the Savior to the world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, before we're dismissed, uh, I want to encourage you to come back tonight. We do have a missionary tonight, and uh, I want to encourage you to come back. We will have a prayer meeting at 5 o'clock in pastor's office. Continue to pray for pastor. Pray for our nation. Take the time to share the gospel with someone this week, and it has the power to save.